0: For time's sake, I'm going to go ahead and move forward right now. But uh, if you're taking notes tonight, I'm going to speak a message titled Your Epic Tale. Your Epic Tale, tale being T-A-L-E. But uh, I, I, I've been listening to a lot of books on tape. Um, well, CD now, they're not really on tape. But uh, I've been listening to a lot of books on this and, and about different things of helping me to understand what it means to be a Christian. And this guy, his name is Donald Miller. He wrote a book, and it's titled something like A Thousand Miles in a Year or something along those lines. And he felt so compelled to write a book about life being a story. And it challenged me. As I was listening to it, he was talking about stories, and he talked about how he used to get so caught up in watching TV he got involved, in, and some of you may be the same way where you watch a TV show and you get involved with that character. You, you get involved with that show and you're like, I, I know what's going on and you know, this guy's doing this and I can see his personality, I can see these things. Well, we live our lives through other people's stories instead of our life being an epic tale, an epic story that redefines lives around us. And that's what God challenged me tonight to talk about was living our lives in an epic manner. And so um, for those questions, uh, I, w- I was talking to Ramona about this and uh, I'm gonna bring her up a couple of times in this because she brought up some great questions in this. And so the first thing was, what is, what, what's the word epic? And it's interesting because when you talk about the word epic, it means different things to different people. So I decided to go to the Webster's Dictionary to get the correct definition. So the word epic means this, heroic, heroic, Majestic and impressively great Heroic, majestic and impressively great Now I want you to ask this question as we get going on Do you believe that your life is heroic, majestic or impressively great? Think about the stories and the life decisions that you've made Or do you see it happening with everybody else but you? And so those are things I want you to think about Let's go ahead and pray If you would bow your heads and close your eyes Father we come to you in the name of Jesus I thank you for the opportunity to come in here to honor you and to worship you, Father, I pray and ask that you would help, help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity, Father, giving me thoughts and ideas, things that I plan on not saying so the life would be affected and changed. And Father, most of all, know how much you care and truly love them. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help me to, to share this in an understandable way, Father. And so, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the hearts and minds that are open to receive this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I pose this question and I put this out to myself and to everybody here. Do you believe that you live an epic life? If we were to write an autobiography of your life, what would it say? What stories would they share? Would people walk away going, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that somebody actually did that. Or wow, now this guy lived life. Or this woman, man, she did it all. She lived life to the fullest or would they say, They watched a lot of TV. They missed a lot of opportunities. They, kind of a boring life. And I've had to question my own life in this. Is my life epic? And I I don't think I've made a choice to do this yet until God really started dealing with me on these areas. And so I want you to think about this. I want you to think about your life and I want you to think about it as a story. There's, our, our lives are always, there's a beginning and an end, there's characters, and then ultimately there is this, the role or the script which comes out of the word of God. This is what God teaches us and helps us to understand how to live this life. And so I believe that life becomes that story from the characters and the people that we interact with every single day to uh, you know, the ones that we interact with every once in a while and the people that are from our past and who are coming into our future. And so I want you to think about this in this manner because I believe God didn't teach us to live a life, a boring life. I don't think when we get to heaven, he's gonna say, hey, great job. That was a boring life, way to go. He wants to sit down and say, listen, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. And that tells me that, listen, that servant got out and did something. That servant didn't sit back and say, well, I'm not so sure about this. That servant got out and put his life on the line and did incredible things and continued to look to God for his source and his peace and everything. And so, tonight I want you to follow along and I, I just want you to be open to receive what God's gonna do. In this, in this book that I was listening to, he said, he went to a conference and this, at this conference, this gentleman, he was talking about stories. And he said, every great story has one thing. Every single story, every movie you think about, every book you've read, every great one of those, it comes down to one thing. A character has to overcome something. That's how, you become a, that's how it becomes a great story. That character overcomes something. And I started to think about this, this thought, how we overcome different things. I love this song. It's one of my favorite songs, is We Are Overcomers. Because it talks about that we have given, been given the power to overcome everything. Because God is God, which means that nothing is greater than God. Which means our problem that we're overcoming is smaller than God. If we'll keep our eyes on God, it changes our perspective real quick. And that's what I want us to understand tonight, is that God created us to have an incredible, epic life or story. We weren't created to have a boring story. We were created to have an epic life. Something that people say, wow, now that's who I want to live like. That's who I want to be like. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. This is where we're going to start tonight. that character that overcomes so much. You have to ask the questions, what, what have you overcome in your life? What are the things that I've had to overcome? What do we still have to face tomorrow that we're gonna have to overcome? Or maybe right now, what are you trying to overcome? You know, I, I, I thought about this word overcome and I, I think it's a lot like a revolving door. The moment you finish it one time, you got something else right behind it that you're trying to overcome. It never stops. It's like my wife, she is... Uh, She likes to keep a really clean house. Um, I'm a guy, and so I don't really notice a lot of things. Uh, I just kind of, you know, move through life and I guess keep focused on the things I want to focus on. But uh, um, she really likes us. And so every week we have to, no, we don't have to, every week we get to vacuum the house. And uh, every week we get to uh, clean the bathrooms. And every week we get to do these things. And uh, growing up, when I was in college, I'm telling you, we had a vacuum. But I think the vacuum had more dust on it than the floor itself because it didn't move very much. So um, that's where I come from is that mentality and that thought. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like cleaning. You don't just clean one time. You don't just go out there and say, oh, hey, you know, I cleaned 10 years ago. My house is looking fantastic. You guys come on over. We're ready to go. No, it's every week. It's something that you have to deal with every single week. And it's the same thing with overcoming that character that has to overcome, you overcome one thing, you've got something else right behind it. And you keep trusting God to overcome that, and then there's the next one. And you may look, well, this is overwhelming. But that's where God comes in, and he gives you everything that you need to handle that situation. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 is where we're gonna start. And it says this, you yourselves are our letter. And what he's talking about is he's talking about a reference a reference letter. And it says, you you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And I want you to understand this because simply those verses come down to this. Listen, you are a representative of Christ. You, you prove the word of God, when you live it out. And that is writing stories on every person you come in contact with. That is putting a touch on every single person. And so when you choose to overcome an obstacle, you're writing something on somebody else's heart. Listen, it comes down to your family, your coworkers, everybody around you. When you start to overcome some things, it means so much to those around you. It means so much to those who who deal with the same issues or who are, are looking at it and saying, I don't know if I can do this. God's saying, yes, you can. Just trust me. Just trust me in this area and watch what I can do. You know, the Bible says in John 10, 10, live life to the fullest. Live life to the fullest. And when you live life to the fullest, that doesn't mean it's a boring life. When I think about the fullness of life, I don't think, oh, that means sitting on the couch and doing nothing. That means holding back and never reaching out. That means just coming to church and sitting in the back pew or or, or coming to church and just sitting here and then leaving right afterwards and never saying hello to anybody. That means looking down there and hearing babies cry, but I just walk by and act like nothing happened. We have an opportunity to live this life to the fullest. I will tell you what, I've been in there with crying babies, and sometimes it's hard But you know what? It's so much fun to watch them play 10 minutes later. If you'll bear with it for 10 minutes, if you'll bear with it for just a moment, you'll see the blessings that God's bringing into your life. But so many times I think we get caught up in, well, I'm busy, I'm this, I'm that. And I love this. I've been listening to some Joyce Meyer teachings and she said busyness is probably the worst word that we can come up with. I'm gonna be honest with you. Everybody in this room is busy. We can honestly say that. So when people come and ask us, what have you been doing? Oh man, I've been busy. Let's say, you know what? I've been honoring God. I've been doing this. God asked me to do this. God asked me to do that. Because busyness is an excuse for us to do nothing for the word of God. Well, I'm too busy to do that for God. I'm too busy to do that for God. And listen, I've been in that same boat. I've been there and done that. I'm too busy to go over there and do that. But if I'm not willing to, who is And that's where we have to come back to and answer this question, is living an epic life being busy. You know, God never said in his word, you know, good job, you know, faithful servant who is busy. You did a good job, you were busy. You were busy the whole time. Don't be busy in unfruitful events. Do what God's called you to do and watch the fruit that comes off of it. And that's where God created us to live this life. You were created to live this life full. And it's a choice that we have to live this life epic. I want you to think about that word epic. That's not something we just use and throw around. Think about somebody who lived an epic life. And I asked Ramona this. I said, tell me somebody who lived an epic life. And their first statement was Moses. I said, okay, somebody outside of the Bible. Tell me somebody who lived an epic life. And she said, Mother Teresa. And I said, that's a great point. Mother Teresa. I said, do you think she woke up one morning and goes, I want to be the most famous person in the world. I want everybody to know my name. I want people to think about me when they think of mother, they want to say Mother Teresa. I think when she woke up one morning, she saw somebody hurting and went out and helped them. And in turn, found somebody else that needed help and helped them. And God put it so strong on her heart that she was, I've got to do something for all these people around me. Her life became epic because she sought God for a purpose. And she had a purpose that was driven. And she didn't slow down. Even when she got old, she was still out there trying to do whatever she could to help, to be a blessing to those people. She didn't set her mind to say, this is what I want to do. She set her mind to say, God, what can I do? What can you use me to do? And God's the one that opened the doors. It was her servant heart that won all those people. Showed them how much that she loved them. I believe that there are some different areas that stop us from living an epic life. And and I think this goes for about 90% of the people in here. I I think there's multiple areas that people are dealing with. I I think one of them is is that one thing that can slow us down from living an epic life is generational curse. What I mean by this is something that has been passed on from your grandparents or great-grandparents all the way down through the families... That you have just, you don't know why you make the decisions you do. You just, you know, uh, for example, um, in my own life, a generational curse that has kind of tried to show up in my life has been divorce. My dad's been divorced. Obviously, my mom's been divorced because they, you know, got divorced. Uh, My dad got divorced again. My uncle's been divorced. My other uncle's been divorced twice. Um, My brother's been divorced. My cousin's been divorced. Now, my cousin is younger than I am. And he's already, this, is, this will be his second wife. My brother's on his second wife. And uh, this has run rampant throughout our families. And I want you to understand this because it's very easy to fall into that area. And you may be in the same boat that your family's kind of done that same thing. And I want you to understand this. This is a generational curse that you have to choose to stop. And so you have to stand up and say, I'm not going to allow that to happen. So my wife and I, that word divorce never has ever come up, has ever come up. You know what? We've had ups and we've had downs, but we will never turn to that word divorce. I have chosen to say, I, when I said, till death do us part, I meant it. And I will stand by that word till death comes into me. I will stand by that word. And those are things that we have to choose to stand up against. God gives us the power to do that. The second thing is this. I believe that um, there's two ways to take this, but choosing not to take the steps or fear of failure. I think that's the second area. Uh, When God lays it on your heart to go speak to somebody, you don't wanna go do it because you don't wanna look. Oh, they may think I'm funny. They may think I'm one of those weirdos. They may not talk to me anymore. And so we hold back because of fear. And I think that's the second area that holds us back from living an epic life. The third area and the third thing is, is that we really are not sure if God's called us to do anything. And I want you to understand this because I dealt with this for a lot of years in my life. When I first got saved, I, I tried to do what was right. I tried, to honor the, I tried to honor the word of God the best I know how. I listened, I went to church and I did all these things, but I never really did anything outside of going to church because I thought, okay, you know, there's six and a half billion people or seven billion people or however many in this world and God loves all of them, how is he gonna look at just me? How is he gonna look and just see me and call me to do one thing, call me to do this? And I used to think that way. And I believe that's one of the ways the enemy works in our life is we, he thinks, who are you? Who are you that God would look at you and do anything through you? But I want you to know this. God hand chose you, John 15:16. John chapter 15, verse 16 says that I chose you well before you ever chose me to bear fruit, bear fruit that lasts. Listen, God chose you. He chose you to do what you were called to do. He chose you to live an epic life. He chose you to say, listen, don't sit on the couch and let life pass you by. Get out there and live this life to the fullest, the way that I created it to happen. The devil, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's trying to steal that hope, that joy, that time and he creates that thought of busyness. I can't do it because I'm busy. We gotta stop at the busyness. We gotta start living this epic life. We've gotta start making a step and moving forward on these areas. I believe that when you choose to break that generational curse, it stops with that choice. It's a choice that you and I have to stand up and stand for the word of God. To be willing to move forward and have faith and trust God in every area. Job chapter 22, verse 21 through 22 says this, it says, submit to God and be at peace with him. Submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Accept instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. Lay up his words in your heart. Now, I want you to understand this because there's some key points right there. First and foremost, submit to God. Do you know what that word submit means? That means respect and follow and do what he's called you to do. Listen, there are, there are people in here that understand the word ver- submit very well. Matt was in the army, correct? I don't, I don't wanna get that wrong. Matt was in the army. He understands what it means to submit to a leadership. When the leader told him to do things, Tracy's a, he's been in the army, he's been in the uh, police department for a lot of years, Bob's been in the police department for a lot of years, and they understand what it means. Listen, if the boss tells you to do this, I don't question and sit there and say, well, I'm not so sure about this. Are you sure we were? No, they get out and they do it. They do it. And they take care of their instincts. They do what they've been called to do. And then the, afterwards, they come back and they reassess what went on. They understand that word submit. Well, it's the same thing. When we submit our lives to God, we have to follow his word. His word teaches us how to live this life to the fullest. And I want you to understand this because he's not a, a, a rough God, a mean God who's gonna say, you better do this and this and this. He is the most gentle, loving, peaceful Full of grace and mercy, God, that you could ever imagine. It's unexplainable how amazing God is. But we can't experience what God has until we start living the life that He's called us to live. And I want you to understand this because this is, at this point right here, Job was going through a tough time. This is chapter 22. There's 22 chapters already. He's already lost his family, everything that he had, it's gone. His friends have looked at him and said, well, what'd you do to God? What'd you do to God? What'd you do to God? And he's going, I didn't do anything. I really didn't do anything. And he's questioning, he's going through all this stuff. And a wise friend came to him and said, listen, submit to God. He'll bring prosperity into you when you submit to him. Hold on to his word in your heart. Listen, the Bible says from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you start to hold the word of God in your heart, guess what's gonna start coming out of your mouth? The word of God. When the pressure comes, that's the first thing that's gonna come out. If God is for me, who's against me? If God is for me, who can be against me? That'll start to come out of your mouth and you'll start to speak those things and all of a sudden you'll start to realize, I've got peace in my life in a tough situation. I've got peace and I'm able to overcome this stuff. I'm able to overcome. Listen, the same opportunity lays before each one of us. Every one of us have, got, have had to overcome something in our life. We've had to overcome something, and that overcoming has showed us that we can do greater than we ever thought we could. Listen, how many of you think at this point right now in your life, and you don't have to put your hand up in the air, but you have reached the pinnacle of where you need to be? Okay, that's good. I'm assuming everybody said, no, I haven't reached there yet, because I believe that if you reach the the, the pinnacle, then we'd have a casket down here because life would be over. The Bible says where there's no vision, men perish. Where there's no vision, we have to set the goals. We have to move forward and trust what, what God is doing. But the problem is, is we live life this way. We continue to let our past tell our future where we're going. Well, you made this mistake back here. Instead of keeping our eyes forward and realizing, failure is only a teaching moment. It's not a moment to stop and wallow in pain and cry. Listen. If I walk up these steps and I miss the first step and I fall flat on my face, guess what that taught me? Lift my foot up a little bit higher so I can step up. That's a teaching moment. I failed, I fell, I failed that step, but I take it as a teaching moment. So the next time I walk up there, I'm gonna lift my foot a little bit higher. Too many times I think it's like we drive, we're driving down the road, but we're looking through the rearview mirror to look forward trying to let our past and determine, well, this has gone on, this has gone on, this has gone on. Listen, the past is the past. It's time to move forward and trust with what God's called you to do. And I want you to understand this because I've never read a story that starts with a baby. And what I mean by this is, think about any of the, the, the great stories. Uh, you know, I can talk about movies. We'll talk about a great movie, Star Wars. And uh, Star Wars, when do we pick up with Star Wars? Luke? You know, Luke Skywalker, the the good guy, all this stuff. Is he a baby? Do we pick him up when he's a little tiny baby and doing all these things? No, we talk. he's 20 years old, 18 years old or whatever. He's getting ready to leave the house. That's when we pick up with him. Listen, your epic story doesn't have to stop right now because you're too old. Your epic story starts today. And you say, listen, God's called me to do something great. I'm gonna trust in what God has called me to do. And we start to live this life 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, and this is an incredible verse. If you don't have this marked down, written somewhere, highlighted somewhere, I encourage you, please mark that down. And if you're somebody that doesn't like to mark in their Bible because they wanna keep it nice and pretty, listen, put that on the shelf, go buy one that you can write in and bring that to church. Start writing in these things. I'm telling you, I've got notes all over my Bible. I've got it everywhere that I can. It says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ The new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. The new is here. Listen, the old is gone. Let's leave it to the side. We don't need to pick that old stuff back up and try to live our life new today. Listen, leave the old stuff in the past and watch what God can do if we'll just trust him. We have a new leader in our life when you choose to follow God. You have a new instruction manual sitting right here. We've tried to do it on our own. There's a reason why you're here tonight. There's a reason why God has called you to be here tonight. We can't continue to follow the same path that we did and think that we're gonna find God the same way. We've gotta look to God to be our source and our guide. We all have the same choice at this point, no matter no matter what, we can choose to leave our past in the past. Sometimes we use our past as a hindrance or a, a, an excuse and this is the worst thing that we can possibly do. Our past or our, our, our issues, our mistakes, they become a crutch to us. And I want you to think about this because my dad just recently had a knee replaced. And uh, when he had his knee replaced, they gave him a cane to walk around with. And I was talking to him the other day and he was walking around with a cane. And I said, how you feeling? He said, I really don't like the cane. He said, I'm gonna lose it here pretty quick. I said, well, that's good, that shows progress. He's like, well, I just get tired of it. I said, well, it shows progress because you're not walking with a cane anymore, which means that, hey, you can walk a little bit farther, you can do a little bit better. And he said, I'm just tired of it. I said, well, that's good because you don't wanna rely on that for the rest of your life. Now think about this. If he 10 years down the road is still walking with that same cane, we're gonna look at him and say, dad, what, you know, I'd look at him and say, dad, why why don't you drop the cane and, and start moving forward? Well, I had my knee replaced 10 years ago. I'm still not sure if it's ready we get so used to living on that crutch that we don't know how to live life without it. And I want you to understand this because every one of us have a past. We have issues and things that we've dealt with and we've gone through, and every one of those things affect our lives and shape this into who we are today. But I cannot continue to lean on that crutch. Too many times I hear this excuse, well, it's because my parents treated me this way. Why did you make that mistake? It's because my parents did this. Okay. All right, I get that, 10 years down the road. Why do you keep making this mistake? Well, it's because my parents did this 10 years ago, 15 years ago. We continue to use it as a crutch, and we continue to say, well, this is the way it can only be. And all of a sudden, that's the only way that we can see live in our life. Instead of laying it down to the side, my dad has to go to physical therapy. I said, is it easy? He said, no. He said, but I see improvements, so it keeps me going. And I want you to understand this. God has never called you to stay where you're at today. He always tells you to move forward, to move forward. You're gonna see progress in your life. Listen, when I take one step and I focus on that one step, I don't see the progress. But as long as I keep my eyes focused and I keep moving, all of a sudden I realize I've walked 10 steps. I've made steps in my life. I've done these things and I realize, wow, when I keep my eyes on God, I can I can, I can do anything. I can do anything. And that's where we come back down to and realize that God has called us to this. Listen, in my life, in my family tree history, I've gone and studied some of this and figured out what's going on with some of it. There is divorce, there's adultery, there's alcoholism, there's everything. I have a choice. I can fall into that and let that be my crutch for the rest of my life and live this life and come back and say, you know, I just, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because all this stuff. Or I can choose to lay that to the past and say, that's in the past. I'm here as a new creation. I'm here to move forward and trust in what God's doing with me today and tonight. We've got to step forward and realize it's an epic call that God's laid on our heart. First, or Philippians chapter three, and I'm gonna to begin, to, begin to close with this thought. It says this, it says, I do not mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. And this is Paul speaking right here. It says, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed in me. I want you to understand this because when you first get saved, this is what happens. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. And I want you to understand this. He said, and this is a great man of God who says, I have not achieved it yet. I have not achieved what God has called me to do yet. Let me keep moving forward. And he says, but I focus on this one thing. And this is for you and I, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on and reach to the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize, for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Is calling us. Listen, we, it's not just my call to stand up and be, live an epic life. It is every one of us. We are chosen, we are picked, we are handpicked by God. Understand this. Think about when you're in elementary and you're getting kickball teams together and they say, I want you and I want you. God is telling you, he's the team captain. He's saying, I pick you. I pick you. You're the one that I want to go bear fruit for me. I, you're the one that I want to live an epic life. And now you may look and say, well, you know, I just, I don't know if I can do that. Do not let doubt rule you. Too many times that's where we stand. That fear of failure or that doubt, I'm just not sure. God says that you're an overcomer. You are an overcomer, which means you overcome that doubt. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Listen to what, how this says at Philippians 4.13 out of the message version. This is an incredible verse right here. And it says this, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I'm gonna read that again because I believe it is so important. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Listen, God created you. God created you. We can go back and we can wonder about these things. And you know, those who don't believe in God, they can say, well, it's not sure. Listen, there's no way that we could be like we are if we didn't have a God who created us perfectly. It's time to let the past be the past and start living this life as an epic life today. I put a challenge out to every one of you. And I want you to understand this. I'm not doing this because I wanna feel good. I'm doing this because I'm putting a challenge out to you just as God did to me. We have a choice tonight. Are we willing to stand up and say, it's time for me to live an epic life? It doesn't matter all the mistakes I did in my past because tonight, tonight I declaration, I put a declaration out to say, God, I choose to live an epic life. Listen, I don't wanna be on my deathbed and have people come to me and me have to call them over and say, let me tell you what not to do. Listen, don't let it go by without doing this and doing this. I wanna be on my deathbed, I wanna be on the end, and people coming to me and saying, what can you share with us? What wisdom can you share with us, what things? Think about this, those epic lives, Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, do you think they laid by the bed and people were going, well, I just don't know if he has much to share. They had incredible stories. They were epic lives. And it's not because they chose to say, okay, God, I'm special, pick me, because every one of us are special, and God picked us to live this life epic. It starts in the house. It starts with my kids. It starts with my wife to choose to say, I'm gonna live this life not sitting by and watching it, sitting on the sidelines and watching the game in front of me. I'm stepping into the game, and I'm gonna choose to live this life different than I've ever done before. It doesn't matter how my dad lived his life. It doesn't matter how my mom lived her life because I have a choice tonight. To stand up and be God this night, I choose to live an epic life. And so I put it out to you right now. I wanna pray for you. If you're willing to stand up and say, you know what, I'm tired of the excuses that I've used in my life because I've done it. I've had all the excuses and all the opportunities and I've taken advantage of it and I'm tired of that. I'm ready to drop those to the side and watch what God can do. I want you to do something for me right now. If that's you, if you're willing to stand up and say, this is me, I want you to make your way down to the front right now. I wanna pray for you. I challenge you to stand up, get out of your seats, come right down here to the front, and say, this is tonight. I choose to live this life as an epic life. I'm not gonna let this bypass just live to the side anymore. I'm not gonna let my kids be this way and go ahead and make your way all the way down here to the front. There's gonna be a lot that are gonna come down. Listen, this is not... Just a call to sit back and say, well, this is nice. Listen, God has put it on our hearts to do these things. I'm not gonna raise my kids or let the school raise my kids to the way they think they need to be. I'm gonna trust in what God is doing and what he does in my life, and I'm gonna put that into my kids so that when they walk around the school, they will know they are fruit-filled Christians. And it starts with me making a choice tonight. And so I want you guys to come to the front. For those of you who are on the prayer team, who have been asked to be on the prayer team, I want you to come to the front. I want you to make your way around. I want you to start praying over different people.